Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Rock Here Refugees Podcast, Ted here, John here, talking everything DC United, Washington Spirit, US men's, women's national team. It's all here all the time. John, how are you doing, my friend? Yes, Gregory, I do have a beard now. Yes, he does. Uh, We're trading. We're only allowed one beard per show. So uh, Ted is now in ownership of the beard. Uh, I'm good. I'm very tired after last week. I don't know about you. I mean, I know about you. That was a RFK refugees packed week, and we'll and probably sort of wrap up on all all that was and how we'll never do so many podcasts in one week again. But also there was soccer. <laughs> yeah, how many, how many players? Yes, uh, Gregory, I am from the darkest timeline. That's how this works. Anyone knows? And second, this is the second community reference I've gotten to drop on the show. Anyway, um, but yes, uh, lots of interviews, and we're and apparently we don't learn our lesson because we're going to repeat it, or I'm going to repeat mm-hmm. it. Maybe I get a bit of what you did. I did one. I did one podcast. Um, I'm doing two. Uh, we are going to be having uh, Tyler Terrence. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I'll make sure I'll get it right for the show. And uh, Mark Fishkin uh, to help us cover Chicago and New York Red Bulls, respectively. Mark, of course, good friend of mine from the CSRN days. And uh, Tyler does the uh, play-by-play and also hosts a podcast with Arlo White. So we get to talk all about how jealous we are to be next to uh, to the greatness that is <laughs> Arlo White. And I'm sure we'll talk Chicago <laughs> as well. <laughs> Yeah, I would lean heavy Chicago. I bet I'm very curious to see how he takes that. Be like, yeah, no, he is great. He does smell wonderful. I love Arlo. <laughs> but uh, in case in case you didn't uh, listen to every episode last week, I invite you to go back to the archives. We now have an episode with an uh, interview with Ashley Hatch. I think the second time she's been on the show, the week she won NWSL Player of the Week. We had an interview with Kevin Paredes, who uh, I thought I was going to give the RFK refugees bump into a great performance, and then apparently he was actually injured. Uh, while he was training on the national team, so that opposite did not did not have the intended effect. And then we had the Dube on the River podcast, uh, where apparently lots of people thought that maybe they were a little bit too confident. And then we'll talk about <laughs> how how that bore out for us on uh, on this on the weekend. Well, they had every reason to be confident because their team just went out and uh, beat DC United. Uh, so they were right, we were wrong. I, I was kind of coming into this game, I was thinking, okay, all right, got some injuries. We got some. We got an opportunity here. Hey, they they've got. I think I looked at their players that were missing for either injury, suspension, or um, uh, gold cup, and I was like, okay, I think this. If, if we're going to beat this team, it's going to come in this game because they're missing a lot of different players. Um, and I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Union coming out two one victors over the uh, over the. Over over uh, DC United. Sorry, my internet connection is coming out stable. I hope I'm sounding okay. You're sounding fine. Um, okay. Try Although I just realized that um, we're anyway, wearing the same uh, jersey, and that was probably a visual mistake. <laughs> we, we, hey, we look, we we are look not like wearing, uh, we, are, we are not wearing. We are not wearing the same. Uh, we are not uh, wearing the same jersey. We are. I am wearing the authentic jersey. You're wearing the replica jersey. Anyway, back to the game. Um, DC United, uh, two, one losers, uh, two, one losers to the Philadelphia union. Uh, so I guess I have a trouble with this game. I think this game was, was, was viewed by me at least as a, okay, this is where we're going to see kind of where this game, where this team stands. Uh, where does this team actually sit in the table? Where do they sit in the actual, um, where they where do they sit? Are we actually as good as as our as we as we think we are? Um, and I don't know if the answer is necessarily no. The, I don't think the answer is yes. I don't know if the answer is necessarily no. Um, 
John, give me some of your give me some of your thoughts. Give me some of what what you you watched this game live. What what were some of your thoughts on the game? Uh, I mean, the thing that you take away is that uh, the union sort of big leagued uh, DC United. I think uh, in the in the post game, Aaron Almosada called uh, United a college team, and that they were not thinking strategically beyond the game right in front of them. Philadelphia. I think somebody else somebody else called it. I think it was. Uh, I don't want to get the name wrong, so I just won't. I won't speculate. But somebody on Twitter was basically saying, "You know how in rec league there's always an older team that uses the dark arts, and they're not fast anymore, and they're not not necessarily that Philly's old, but as far as like the mind game strength is so strong that they can just beat anybody." Uh, that's kind of what happened here. I don't think DC United ever adjusted to Philly's tactics. They never adjusted to being kicked up and down the field over and over again. We have players fallen uh, left and right. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about maybe it's. Luckily, some of the injuries may not be as bad as we originally thought. Uh, but it was it was a, it was a game where they just could not adjust to uh, the style of play, and they they had to know what was going on ahead of the time. But uh, they had they you know they went down early uh, on on a on a goal that they will not be happy to have conceded. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, well let's, we, let's 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 start with the positive. The first ten minutes were actually pretty bright. They were for great. This team. I mean, they were getting attacking soccer. Uh, you have uh, Yamil Assad, and I want to talk about him because he probably had some of the best chances of the game. But I don't think he played a good game, and, I, and I'll get a little bit of kind of what kind of what I'm thinking about that. Um, I well, I, I don't want to say he played terribly. I I just don't. What I see from him, and this was his best game. And it just still wasn't enough. And I thought there were some moments when Yamil would get the ball and I would be like, all right, go forward. And he would kind of like pick his head up and try to think about what he was going to do next. And I thought that actually on at least a couple of chances, um, I thought that really hurt the team in a lot of ways. You know, they had the odd man rush, you know, to use a hockey term. They had the the advantage. Um, I remember very specifically late in the game on, on a I think it was a misplayed ball by um, by Philly that was sort of picked up. And Yamil, I think, had either Roberta or somebody um, on the run. And I thought he plays a ball in there. That's a goal. And instead, he tries to like dribble and think about it a little bit. And, and I don't think that fits uh, what Lasada is trying to do. Lasada wants to play a, a style that's going to be go for it and, and attack. And I thought it hurt DC on, on a couple of uh, on a couple of occasions there. I disagree uh, pretty extensively. I just looked just to make sure see what Foot Mob's take was on the game. They had him as man of the match at an 8-0. I thought he was more dangerous and more forward-looking than he has been all season long. He had confidence to dribble dribble players on. The goal aside, uh, he, I think he had two chances in the, before his goal uh, that were sort of vintage Jamil. There were, I mean, he's not going to make every play. He's not going to make every pass positive. I, but I thought overall, um, and I have to watch the game again. It's been, you know, you only get a little bit of an opportunity uh, as the games are going live. But uh, I, I thought I was actually, I was pretty pleased with, uh, his play, probably his best full game. He only played 85 minutes, but his best uh, stint so far this season. Does that mean there's not room for improvement? I think there definitely is. But I think that overall, uh, that you know, I was, I was, I had more problems with other parts of the field. I thought, like you said, you know, they started really brightly. Um, they took it to him on the road, uh, and you're starting to say, I think, I think there are people, you know, lots of confident tweets about Lasada Ball at that point. Like, hey, see, we can do it against the good teams. We can do it on the road, not just against Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately. <laughs> Conceded somewhat early, and I, I think I think right now what you're getting in there is there. There's just that that lack that little bit of uh, it's I guess we'll call it an intangible factor that allows you to go in and win these games, and I think that's what kind of DC's missing right now. They're just missing that that little bit of extra whatever they they played the out. I mean they they probably had the better of play. 
arguably and the goals on the, the counter too. The chances mm-hmm. and the goal. Yeah, and both the goals, goals on the counter. Yeah, the first goal Both came goals. really out of a, out of a messed up opportunity, uh, and Embazo and, and Bedoya worked very very well to put in uh, Sergio Santos from from very close. So that was a yeah. Uh, the second goal it, that was was that the goal where Bill Hamid was very upset. I'm trying to remember now. I think that that was the goal that uh, Hamid uh, stuck his leg out to the right hand side and got past him. He was very upset about it. It didn't seem like something he should have saved. Like it just sort mm-hmm. of <laughs> it was a it was a breakdown uh, in pressure in the midfield and also just very very positive counterattacking. Yeah, the, the second goal, I think, was just a general breakdown. I will say, I think Andy Nahar deserves a little bit of blame um, for the for the first goal. I think if he stays, I think what he tries to do in that scenario, maybe it still ends up in the back of the net, uh, but I mean, he is trying to do what, you know, maybe what Lasada is teaching him, which is pressure the ball. Uh, but that ball's coming down the side, and he basically leaves that, basically leaves that entire uh, right side completely wide open. Uh, and if he's going to do something like that, he better get the ball. Because if he doesn't get the ball, then that we see what happens. So I think um, Andy Nahar deserves maybe a little bit of little bit of blame for that goal. Um, I think if he holds his position, uh, follows the attacker, I think it gives and trusts that his other uh, defenders can track back. I think they kind of hold their shape a little bit, and I think they may be actually able to to sort of ride that. But he sort of commits to trying to go get the ball uh, and misses, and uh, basically it's a wide open net, and and it goes through Bill Hamid's legs. I think he might have been more reason to be. Made be upset about that one because he basically gets nutmegged. Um, I mean, Bill, Bill gets mad anytime the ball strikes in the net. You watch him; he, he gets he gets angry and the ball strikes the net. Um, but I mean, to, to to be fair, you know, and I, I think the important thing, the, the positive you can draw from this game is that this is a team that is still. I mean, I, I've watched many games uh, against Philly uh, last season, 2019, uh, where this team absolutely just laid down. Uh, Philly has owned our lunch, and and in 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 several respects. Uh, I can't remember the last time we actually played a good game against Philly and got a victory. Uh, it's been it's a, a long, a long while. And, yeah. And if, but it feels like it does feel like it's getting a little bit closer now. It feels like if this team can maybe, you know, maybe get some players in the off season, uh, maybe they're a little more healthy. Maybe the gold cup app. I mean, it seems like they've just had bad luck on when they've been playing in this season. Um, if I think if you have a, you know, maybe a help areola back, uh, Donovan pines, some players like that that are missing, um, obviously maybe a, a healthy Flores. Maybe that game turns out a little differently. Um, so it, it's it, it it was a rough game. Uh, then of course you had I think it, it had to be personally pretty bad luck for for DC to go down and then immediately two minutes later the game gets called off. And then what was it like an hour hour and a half uh, rain delay. I believe until they didn't re-pick up mm-hmm. the game until like eleven o'clock. Uh, so then to come back out of there they, needing to tie a goal and you've just basically been able to sit around and stew for like an hour or so, like that had to be difficult um, to try to come back from that. They also they also sent the DC United fans home. Unfortunately, they they they're like we're not playing. Go home. And then of course uh, they did in fact play, uh, and they yeah. and I think they watched the rest of the game from the bus. Yeah, the, I think you know. Yes, they looked better maybe than they have in recent games. The de- the challenging side there is that, you know, Philly was. We just talked about how how sh- shorthanded Philly was also. So this is not Philly's best best punch. It's not our best mm-hmm. punch, but I think that uh, it, it's hard to really judge. We I think I think we talked about this ahead of time. It's hard to really when you have two teams that are shorthanded in a time period in, where we don't break for international break and you're just trying to see what's going to happen with, with also injuries all over the place. It's hard to really say where you're going to stack up at the end of the season. It's like a very, it's a very snapshot in time 
type of type of thing. Uh, but the injuries that they sustained in this game were interesting in that they both they they came in pairs, which is unusual to have two, to have four subs uh, come in two windows because two players got injured at the same time. Uh, Russell Knaus, uh was I think I, I had man on the street. Angus Young was there looking at the the players uh, as they were injured. Russell Canales had his shoe off and his and his sock off, uh, and he was limping off the bench. Adrian Perez took himself off the field while play was going on. Uh, and and uh, also had had to be helped off. Also, I think additionally an ankle injury. The 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 injury that was very concerning, and I think we were I was you know panic tweeting all about it. Uh, is is Steve Birnbaum coming off for an ankle injury? He looked very concerned when it happened. Obviously, after he got basically you know <laughs> he got he got put on skates uh, and tried tried to make a tried to make an athletic play to stop the the second the final goal from being scored. Could not do so, uh, but. Uh, apparently it's not in, it's not related to his injury his, his long term injury so that's that's good uh, it's unclear how long he'll be out it could be you know it could be a high ankle sprain and that could be a long time but at least it's not related to the mm-hmm. uh, multiple surgeries that he had at his ankle so that's something we could be happy about and then Nigel Roberta also went down I didn't I didn't necessarily see what happened to him I hopefully that's minor because we're pretty short handed yeah, at the, at the striker have- position Ola Kamara is still uh, he was missed due to family uh, family issues so. We'll see how we'll see who we line up on Wednesday. Johnny Boulevard, man, that that's who that's who we line up. He's apparently been set uh, called up. Uh, Eric Sorga, Eric Sorga has uh, has apparently will will go to Loudon uh, for the for the for the I guess the sort of a swap of international players. We're still waiting for uh, Sorga's green card to to come through, uh, but apparently I think Golf has said he will probably remain an international through the rest of the season. Um, so I think that dampens any hopes. Uh, certainly sets up the team for next year. Uh, I, I will say, um, uh, the, there. I don't know if you had a chance to check out some of the post game stuff, uh, but uh, th- there were some interesting, interesting comments from uh, from Lasada. Lasada, if anything, uh, if anything, uh, where where's his where's his heart on his sleeves when he's in those press conferences? Uh, he is nothing if but honest about what he thinks, and he will tell you what he thinks. Um, and one, he had a couple of interesting things came out. First of all, he, he sort of expressed maybe slight frustration at the fact that the team, um, is not, has not signed anybody or isn't talking about signing anybody. He seemed to say, Hey, I need some new players in here. I need some help. If, if we want to get more out of this team this year, I need some help. Um, and so that, that was certainly, that was interesting comment. Number one, uh, as a Jonathan M highlights here, uh, the team shows how badly we need to finish her. And I, I would agree with that. Um, I think I, I think both Ola Kamara and uh, Nabrbertha can be serviceable, uh, but if we want this team to really take it to the next level, um, they need to find somebody who can really, really consistently put the ball in the back of the net. And I think I think now that that's almost proven. Maybe that's Johnny Boulevard. We'll see. We'll get he'll get his chance. I'm sure this game might even get his first start. Um, but we'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he adjusts. He he did he did has looked really good in Loudon, and he has looked really good in um, in the games against. Uh, and the friendly games, but again, those aren't those aren't real matches, so to speak. Um, but uh, can, but we'll see. I, 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 is the two loud I, Adams. Yes, <laughs> you get Eric Sorga back though, right? Sarah Sorga can help out. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but hey, you know that's that's the nature. That's the nature. If Johnny Boulevard comes out and uh, and makes a name for himself, I'd say he'd be the first non academy player to actually have something uh, have, have basically make a difference and sort of show the show the worth of, of of getting those games and signing those players and putting them in the position. Because uh, we've seen plenty of players in the past that have not been able to 
excuse me, to, to hold up to that. Uh, second interesting thing also, he said uh, he seemed to be pretty frustrated with uh, the fact that Kevin Paredes came down with an injury going to the uh, national team. Um, I, I'm not sure maybe if he said anything at the time, but it seems to me like uh, maybe he he's maybe a little bit upset uh, at the at the national team for for what happened um, in that game. Take that take that with what you will. Take that with what you will. Um, but yeah, any any other any other thoughts you want to have on this game uh, before we kind of wrap it up? Yeah, I mean, I think that this was a uh, it was a game in which we weren't. I don't think we played exceedingly poorly. I think that things had a you know. Things things didn't go their way, and injuries really hosed them. I think that they they were they were really in a position where any sort of tactical changes that they wanted to make, already shorthanded in center back, already shorthanded uh, at the nine, were were going to really hose them if anything went wrong. And everything went wrong. You had four injuries in one game, um, so I, I'm really interested to see what kind of team we can put together, cobble together for a two game week. Uh, continuing to miss mm-hmm. our international players, Donovan Pines at least getting to play now. Uh, for for the U.S. national team, so at least it makes sense <laughs> that he's gone. Um, but there, you know, I'm not I'm not too concerned about it. I think this is this tells you about where uh, where we're at and sort of like mentality. He, I think, you know, as he made his college team comment, he sort of talked about the idea like sometimes you have to be smart and take the point. So that's some, sometimes what you have to do. And to me, that is, I'm wondering if he's making that point clear at halftime. Or you know, shouting that out sort of to 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 the team after the the score is leveled, like you know, be conservative. Yeah, yeah, the halftime to to have that conversation. So if they really, you know, if this is not the first time he said that, right? He's made that comment multiple times now about sort of being smart about the game state and and, and not taking chances that you don't need to take. I think New York City FC was another opportunity for that. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. We got we got a really big chance. You got it. You got to get points against Chicago, even on the road. Yeah. Um, New York, a tougher, a tougher beat than Chicago. Although Chicago has won some weird games, uh, which we'll probably, maybe we won't get into, maybe we'll get into in the preview. Like they've had a, they, they beat Atlanta. I think they beat another team. They beat another team that they should not have beat. So it's, you never know. They, they, they are an improved team. And I, and I think this is going to be an interesting matchup. Um, and almost a, I think a semi trap game for this team. Uh, because I think we're seeing this team play well, but but Chicago has also started to kind of put it together. Uh, E3PC says more struggles in this system. Yes, and I, I think we sort of yeah we've sort of talked about. I I think the problem with Joseph Mora is that right now, if you want to play in Lasada system in that wing back role, you need to have really really good offensive ability. Uh, Julian Gressel has it. Kevin Paredes has it, and Mora does not. Mora is still kind of your classic right you know, right back type of player, he'll maybe be in support, uh, but he doesn't really have a really good uh, sense to drive forward. Uh, If you want to talk about a position, I think you could see DC look in the transfer window. It could be in that role uh, to bring somebody in. I think, I think this might be, uh, unfortunately, I think, I think Mora may be seeing his way out um, after the season. I just don't know if he quite fits this system. And honestly, uh, he might be a player if I'm, if I am, if I am uh, Lucy Rushton, 
I'm looking at, hey, maybe he still would have some value. I could see some teams that maybe play a different style, a different setup where he might have some value if this team wants to open some transfer space and uh, and bring in maybe some some different players. So um, he'd be a player I, I would I would say I would be at least shopping around because he's not that expensive. He still is a very solid, uh, solid wingback type player. So uh, that that's something to certainly watch. I'll be curious to see because DC's going to have to if they want to um, if they want to get some players, they're going to have to open some roster spots because uh, right now they are at the maximum amount of roster spots uh, that's why they're having to sort of send Sorgid back down to bring up um, to bring up Johnny Boulevard so um, we'll, we'll see what happens it's going to be an interesting game uh, against uh, against uh, Chicago I think that that's a game uh, John let me tell you ask you this would you be happy with a point out of that game if DC gets a point against Chicago would you be happy yes no no I would not be no, I I would not be. I, it depends on what our it depends on where we're calibrating our expectations for the rest of the season, right? I think um, if we're if we're talking about the team that beat Toronto seven to one and had us feeling very full of ourselves, and talking about the offensive juggernaut this team is, I would not be satisfied with that. If we're talking about well, we still need a bunch of new players and we're not there yet, uh, and you know maybe we can squeak into the playoffs. Like it, that's we have to like sort of set our expectations in the aggregate now. You take one step back from that and look at all the injuries we just faced and say that this might be a cobbled together lineup. Maybe you have to be happy with a one point and you have to and you have to once again just take the game in the exact minute that you're at. So uh, overall, I would not be happy with it. I can I can convince myself after the fact if the game was positive that that it ends up that way. But before we before we move on, I want to talk about another player that I think is not a fit for the system or at least is not the player that he once was, at least currently. And I want to give a big disclaimer that he's probably still working back to fitness. He hasn't played in a long time. But Jordi Reyna has not impressed me in his style of play, uh, in his pace, in his decision-making. And I don't, you know, obviously he's going to get some opportunities now, right? I think that there's a, there's a good chance that he will, particularly with his injuries up front, he'll get more minutes than he would maybe warrant otherwise. Also, it will be interesting to see if when uh, his international teammate, uh, Esen Flores, comes back, maybe there's an opportunity to create some chemistry. But I have not been impressed. What Have you had an opportunity to really pass a judgment on how he's played since he's come back from injury? He was one of those players that I was kind of hoping. I'm like, if things, if, if he's, if he can put it together, he might, we might have something here. But I think I agree with you. I think it, he he got a good opportunity to really show something, and he didn't. Um, now he's going to get a couple other opportunities. Maybe he develops into something. Um, but I, I just, yeah, I don't think he's a good fit. I mean, he was last season. He was essentially a emergency player when it looked like DC maybe still had a chance to 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 make the playoffs. He was very much a emergency type player to sort of try to, you know, the the Hudson Buttle type signing, who kind of like we need something. Let's get let's get him in there. And um, he's on eight hundred k or something yeah. in that in that neighborhood. So you well, just can't. I I. I I, I don't know what the trade breakdown is, but I, I mean, I know I'm pretty sure uh, that probably uh, Vancouver may be paying a portion of that salary. I, have I think, think last that. year, I think if we extended him, I think we got we got to look back in the archives or if anybody is bored and mm-hmm. wants to fill us it on chat. I believe the deal was uh, they, they, they covered a portion of his fees in the, in the, in the year he came over. Uh, he was on an expiring deal. If we picked up his option, DC United would both pay the full freight and owe uh, more money back to Vancouver for having signed the agreement, or if they sold him, they could have done the same thing. So, either way, I, I don't think either of us are happy with with where he's put forward. But he's gonna he's gonna get some opportunity here, I think, in the next two games. So hopefully he puts them yeah. together. He he. 
I mean, he's paying for, I mean, probably that year. I'm guessing that option was for a year. Um, so I yeah. imagine that this is a year. I think this was a, we didn't have anything else in the, in the, in the tank. Let's just pick up his option, uh, pay the fee right now. He leased the solid option and then we'll kind of figure it out. So uh, I think he, he, I think it was, I think it was worth it to give him that opportunity. Um, and we'll, he, he's got, he's got an opportunity to show it now. Maybe, you know, maybe he can work himself into the system. Uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we, also exciting. And then uh, also, Chris we Edison hopefully. Go ahead. No, I was saying hopefully uh, Edison could come back too. I, I want to see. I'm a bit worried. I'm waiting for him to to make his return. It was supposed to be uh, on the 14th. He was supposed to play on that Wednesday, and he hasn't returned. So I'm getting a little worried about him. Yeah. Also exciting that Chris Adoyatza makes the 18 for the first time in the game that counts uh, this season. Also, Drew Skundrich, uh, Mr. Mr. Andy Sullivan has returned. Uh, after a meniscus surgery and, and injury. So that's good from a depth perspective, particularly while this team is dropping like flies. I bet you that Hernan uh, mm-hmm. would not have liked to get those players in very soon, but I have a feeling that uh, he might he might be getting in a little bit sooner than maybe he wanted to. Although Kevin Paredes basically said that you don't get on that 18 unless you're 100% ready to play. So I could be I could be wrong. We could It, it may not have just been yeah. numbers. But the fact when you have two, sub, uh, two backup goalies on your bench means to me you're trying to make numbers <laughs> that that it's less about the the options on your bench and more about we need to have some people here anyway that, that way, game is now over way, we've got an opportunity to make six points this week and we'll see where we'll see how we do i i think i think i would i think if this team can get four points out of this week i think we'll call that a success yep, agree i think four point four points would be successful anything more than that you know four or six would be six points would be would be fantastic um one thing I do want to say is, uh, so we can talk about how struggling that game was, but I mean, can 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 we just talk about the fact that DC United was the team that nailed their coaching hire? When you look at the two other teams, the two other big money teams that have now had to fire their coaches, uh, you talk you talk about t- Toronto, and then you have almost like almost like an identical situation happened in Atlanta. I do want to talk about this. So this is the yeah, this is crazy. this is crazy. This is a crazy nut story, and 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 it just. In every sense of the word, it's 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 unbelievable. So I don't know if, if you all remember too, but what Gabriel Heinzo is doing, actually DC had a similar thing happen in 2004 with P, uh, 2005 or six or whatever with Peter Novak. Peter Novak got to choose of doing the exact same thing, withholding water from players, doing all kinds of things. Um, I mean, I guess in that era of 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 soccer, you could get maybe get away with that. Uh, but this is sort of a new era. You've got a literal. You have teams now that are literally designed to measure how um, how hydrated players are. Um, so, and apparently the the uh, I forget the guy on Fox Sports has the story about this. It is in, it is incredible to me that a team. Uh, like Atlanta, and, and and you know I feel like Atlanta eventually they're gonna they're gonna bounce back, uh, but just to completely I mean they just struck out two coaching signings in a row, and this is a team that has literally every single resource. They have resources that these that Hernan Lasada would 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 like would would desperately want like the training facility, everything. They have all these resources, and they have just completely whiffed on two major. Uh, major coaching signings, even and, and even I think the DeBoer signing looks like an incredible coaching signing compared to this Heinz signing. I mean, unbelievable. And just like it was almost like they were like, oh, we need to go get a South America and they find this guy. They take him. Um, you know, they, they apparently this was something common too that happened while he was at a uh, Velez Sarsfield where uh, where um, 
uh, Yamil Assad spent some time. So, I mean, not even to call like Yamil and be like, I mean, even Lucy Rushton was there and Yamil said, hey, what is, how was Gabriel Heinze? Uh, maybe he trolled him. I don't know. But man, just a, a lack of research. I mean, this had to be well known. I mean, you call you call the former employer for a reason. I mean, just but just to absolutely whiff on the signing. Unbelievable. Just yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, you got to think that uh, Bocanegra should be brushing mm-hmm. up his resume because you don't get to make... I mean, he obviously, Darren Eels is also part of this. Uh, mm-hmm. McDonough, the guy who was suspended, although I don't think he had much to say about this because uh, he was mostly at uh, Miami. But uh, there's an issue there. And if I'm Arthur Blank and I'm signing these checks... I would say maybe we need someone that's more experienced. Maybe I made a mistake uh, with Bokernega giving giving a, a young guy that had no experience in front office and player evaluation this much rope. Uh, and obviously he hit, he hit it the first time, but since then it's been a real uh, real rough time. Joseph Martinez saying that this would be his last season really it shows you the player power he has on that team and with the fan base. And that was kind of impressive to see. I think that that was there was a I would say a a, a furor on. Uh, DC United subreddit trying to figure out what it would take to get him to 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 be traded <laughs> to DC United, and I think the answer would be more than anybody would want to trade. But that's neither here nor there because that's not happening now. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a big whiff. They, they said you know I saw somewhere on Twitter today saying that in Velez, uh players have like eating disorders, like they wouldn't eat or drink because they didn't want to gain an ounce because Heinze was so like horrible about it uh, about about like player weight and all that stuff. So that's uh, whoops! Like like you said, I don't know if that's something. I, it seems like it was known. Sometimes that's you know something happens, and then all of a sudden the stories come out of the woodwork, and people were like, "Oh yeah, no one asked me, but I knew, I knew this and this and that." But either way, uh, Atlanta is not the team they were a couple years ago. They still have the fan base they have, who have rightfully demanded an improvement, and I'm curious uh, what they're going to see here, uh, both in the near term yeah. and then next year. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, they're basically. I think right now, probably. I mean, I don't know, maybe. Maybe they aren't on divorce contract anymore since he went to uh, he he went to the Netherlands to coach there. Uh, talk about like a crazy story of falling up. Um, that still is crazy to me that you can get fired from an MLS team and then go and coach the uh, the one of the more prestigious national teams in the world. Um, but I mean, I think I think with uh, with, with with Atlanta United, I, I I do think I think I in my opinion, if I am I am looking at possibly replacing the whole front office. Maybe they give them one more shot to find a coach. Um, but I could see, I could see, I will not be surprised if, um, if, if maybe we see them, we see some heads roll higher up, uh, because this is embarrassing. It's also embarrassing because it, 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 it almost sullies your reputation because they had a great reputation of, of bringing in, you know, great talent. You had, uh, you know, the Miguel Ambrone trade, they brought a lot of clout and they were able to bring in a lot of successful players. And then now it's like you, that one player, you, you basically, you know, shipped off to Saudi Arabia. The one that was supposed to be your big, your real big payday, and then uh, now you have this whole situation. You have the DeBoer debacle. I mean, all of it's just kind of adding up for this team. Uh, I mean, I think they'll right the ship. I mean, they, they got the money to do it, uh, but it, it is it is something that that's clearly uh, clearly embarrassing uh, for for the team. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see what they do. It, it's certainly they certainly are not boring. I guess you could say so. Maybe maybe that's what they have for us. They're not boring even in even when they're a mess. They're they're not boring. Um, let's shift, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the Washington spirit. Uh, you had the pleasure of going out to Segra field, uh, to watch them play against the, uh, New York, uh, New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of words and letters. It's unfortunate. 
Yeah, but um, but anyway, uh, a a crazy wild game. Uh, there was a red card <laughs> inside ten minutes. Um, a, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. G- give us some of your uh, give us some of your thoughts from from the field. Yeah, I think it was I think it was a a match that was very. Uh, I don't know if you could predict the way it was going to go. Segar Field has its constraints. We've talked about it over and over again about not being able to water the the, the pitch, sort of not really understanding what kind of game you're going to get. Uh, the only experience so far we have this season at Segra is the game against uh, the game against Chicago that they lost one nothing, and mm-hmm. Chicago basically packed it in, put two sixes in front of the back four, and made it impossible to play the kind of soccer that Richie Burke wants to play. Um, Gotham is a more as a possession oriented team, uh, usually a, a a conservative possession oriented team in their you know in their optimum setup. That's sort of the way they're they're set up to play. Uh, after getting a red card in the seventh minute, everything just became complete chaos. Like there was no, there were no systems. There was no strategy per se. Uh, I, I would be hard pressed to find it other than, you know, trying to burn up and down the wings. Trinity Rodman, once again, still battling back spasms, still finding a way to put defensive players under pressure. And this time really getting an opportunity to, uh, you know, finish a great goal. Uh, once again, Andy, Andy Sullivan, uh, proving Vlatko to be a bit of a dummy. I don't know yet. Maybe maybe they'll win the gold, and I'm wrong. But mm-hmm. uh, Andy Sullivan had six minutes, uh, or seven minutes, I guess, at midfield, and then 83 uh, at at center back, and was still assisting on the goal, was making mm-hmm. gut-busting runs in the last five to ten minutes uh, after, you know, basically I will tell you that her and Paige Nielsen were scrambling that entire game. Gotham had them under pressure. I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't even have the post-game stats, but... I can tell you that Paige Nielsen, who at that point was not 90 minutes uh, ready to go, at least judged by the high performance coach, had to play 90 because center backs were they were running out, and also mm-hmm. you know they had a red card in that position. She put in a shift. She was unfortunately near every goal or almost every goal uh, that Gotham scored, and you could say like if you look at it in slow mo, you think maybe she could have done more. But other than that, <laughs> other than the goals, she was literally uh, you know a tackle machine. She was throwing her body around. She was taking abuse. Uh, she was drawing fouls. She was shielding the ball. It was it was an impressive performance by her. I, I thought overall. Uh, trying to think other big pictures. Ashley Sanchez scores a wonderful goal. Uh, that mm-hmm. probably will go on. That's her first free kick goal uh, in NWSL. And post game, we asked her about it, and she said that because she almost scored in the 87th or 88th minute uh, in the previous game against Audi Field, where she took seven shots, uh, that they she felt confident and th- thought she'd go for it, and she placed it. She placed it perfectly. Uh, that should have maybe been enough. Uh, unfortunately, again. When you're when you're down one player that long, and you have talent and a team that is interested and has the talent and the firepower to score, uh, I think they just ran out. Of, I think they ran out of legs a little bit. Uh, and Midge Purse uh, scores uh, in the what minute was it? 80, 76th minute. Uh, just basically ran it down the side. Uh, took advantage of the place where they were not packing. They they had sort of moved their defensive players into more of a central shell to protect the goal and sort of allowing the wings as an opportunity for them to run up and down. And they did that. Uh, and they crossed it in uh, to Midge Purse and she, and she finished it. She had a great game. Midge was a handful. Another player that this is the great thing about being the U.S. national team is that you have, you know, an entire second best 11 that you could probably bring to the uh, World Cup and maybe medal. <laughs> like, or not the World yeah. Cup, but the Olympics. Like, that's entirely possible. But overall, you know, I think you can't be mad at the spirit for having 
you know, gone down. And if you look at the fa- you look at the red card, uh, there's a picture that's taken. It's outside the box. Uh, Paige Nielsen is within a foot of uh, if it was a dog so that's arguable. Uh, there was a, you know, it was a very confusion. It was first given to Paige Nielsen. And then after three minutes of sort of like thinking about it, she gave it to Sam. Sam did not argue. Sam was in fact the one to foul, but, uh, they were under it, right? The whole game, they were, they were really under pressure the entire game. Richie said, I'm not pulling my offensive players off the field. I want to win at halftime. I want to win, go out there and do it. Unfortunately, Ashley Hatch has a recurrence of her, of her concussion symptoms for the second or the third time this season. Trinity Robinson's not 90 minutes fit. Uh, you're, you're shorthand on the bench. If you look at the bench of that game, it was uh, Kumi and then 11 players that were, or whoever, however many players that were not with the team when the season started. You got six national team replacement players. You get a new a new player that just signed uh, from the Mexican national team who uh, is a defender who came in and played, I think, about 10, 15 minutes. And then a lot of, a lot of rookies. Like, it's just, it was a, it was a real struggle. Uh, when you have yeah. the depth situation that you get in the Olympics, it's uh you've got to you got to hope that no one gets hurt and uh you got to hope that those rookies and those and those and those new national team players replacement players can handle the handle the job. I'm not concerned. I thought they played yeah. well considering. Yeah, and I think the fact that they nearly pulled out a point when they went down a man, you know, already already a tough enough job I think as it is. Uh but the fact of how they fought and how they came back um obviously training great great goal from Trinity Rama. And all their all the good players, play your players you want to see score. Ashley Sanchez, Trini Raman are scoring goals. Um, and I think that the red card was very questionable. I think it was, um, I think it was, I, I, I don't know if it was, I, I've watched it a couple times and, and I can see what the referee was saying, but I think the fact of the matter was the fact that the referee didn't know which, which defender to give the red card to is almost always going to be a, um, I, I will be curious if this referee shows up again. And I'll be curious maybe if there's a recension, maybe if there's a, if the red card is rescinded. Uh, by pro, I'm I'm kind of curious if 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 they'll step in and say nope, that wasn't dog so. Uh, I I a lot of people were saying it should have been a penalty, um, which if I guess if it had been a penalty, I don't know if it's still a red card. I don't know if it was the the play was it was a grab on the shirt. I don't know if that's a genuine attempt to play the ball. In which case, it could still be a red card. There has to be a genuine attempt uh, grabbing the shirt. Um, certainly, I I don't know if that qualifies uh, qualifies for that. Um, but you know, it, 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 it is what it is. I don't know if VAR saves it. I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, who knows? Incredibly uh, soft I mean, for, for that early stage in the game. Obviously you don't yeah. referee about the stage in the game and you're not thinking about that, but it was unfortunate because you know, all I could think throughout this game was like, this game would have been a lot better 11 on 11. And this, it wasn't, it wasn't clear and obvious that it should have been the case. Uh, there may have been an owner from a certain NWSL franchise who, was clearly displeased with the call and let the referee and assistant referee know it for much of the game. <laughs> I won't say who or what, but that that is entirely possible. It was, you know, they're they're really trying they're trying to overcome Segra, right? That I think that there are they're a lot better team when they're on grass, when they're on a bigger pitch, when it's a little bit wider, when it's faster. So they're they're fighting against uh, a third party basically when they play games here, and they put they put a great effort together the for almost the entire ninety minutes. Um, I really hope that they, you know, I hope Ashley Hatch does not have a concussion. I hope if she does, she's given a little bit more time off to figure out what she's going to do about that. It's very unfortunate. She, you know, she scores a brace in the previous week as the player of the week comes on the show, having a great time. And then this, this happens again. It's just, it's very unfortunate. And I'm trying to think of any other players. Anna Halferty had another good game at right back. Um, I know that Richie is a big fan of hers, uh, and, and sort of, 
you know, uh, well, did she is, was she the one was she the one who played the ball over to 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 stab in the I think I think she sort of plays kind of that ball and and maybe stab doesn't do a good job recovering it, but I'm pretty sure she at least plays a part in getting in in that in that situation over there. I'll have to go back and watch it. I, I will say I, I that. There were a number of hospital balls uh, just yeah. all through. I mean, before the red card, after the red card, I think that is, you know, you're playing with fire, right? When you are saying, I'm going to play out of the back, I'm going to play out of the back with 10. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to play long uh, out, of the, out of the goalkeeper spot. And they would pass it. And, and Gotham was not going to just let that happen. They, they pressed the entire time. And there were a number of times Dorian Bailey, there was a series of time in the 40th minute where there was a giveaway that should have been a goal by Dorian Bailey in the 30th. One by Paige Nielsen in the 34th, and then Zerboni scores in the 35th. Like it was just that they just sort of a bad run. I don't think they could, they couldn't withhold the pressure the entire time. Gotham's a good team. Gotham also, up to this point, had only conceded three goals all season. So uh, they almost doubled their amount of goals conceded. Uh, I think Jason Anderson called it out on Plex Weather. He was saying that, yes, that is the statistic, but it just seems like they have been blessed, basically. Like the XG and the goals actually conceded number was so different that there was just a, you know, a force field around their net. So, uh, you know, a uh, red card for Sam Staub, that, that'll hold for the, unless it gets rescinded, like you said. So center back is still a challenge. Uh, Karina Rodriguez potentially may step, may step in. They may go Tori, Tori Hooster, Hooster not being available was a problem. She was hit with a shot in the previous game. And I, I don't know, it wasn't a concussion. It just said basically upper body uh, and she couldn't play. So I don't know if it was ribs or what. I think it would have made a big difference if she was available, uh, both from a sort of where you put the players after the red card situation, maybe allow Andy to stay more forward and, and, and move Tori there. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's the way that goes. That's why these rosters are so big. So hopefully going to get some bodies back um, pretty soon. Uh, this is, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have who they're playing next. I think I have it up. My they're playing racing team. Louisville on the road. Okay. So that's, that's like. important. So that's the, that is, uh, they're playing away. They, they lost to Louisville two nothing last time when they played them away. Not a, not a great game. And the goals that they conceded were very weird individual mistakes. You'd like to see them. This is a real, I think, I think for them, if you look at the table, besides being insane, uh, and I would advise you to look at how insane it is. Like they've, they, you know, it's very competitive in the playoff spots. Yeah. The top six, they're very, very tight. So no one is running away with this. The Olympic break is where I thought that this team could put some distance uh, amongst the other teams because of the fact that they were at the time before injuries, for, you know, very deep, uh, and also sort of uh, in the positions that they needed help. They had they had cover, but they're not really accumulating all the points that they would maybe hope to. So. Uh, it's still a long time. The Olympics haven't even started yet, so so there's yeah. still there's some games to go. But Louisville should be should be a win. I know that Richie will be looking for three points, even on the road, even with the injuries. That I think that they, you know, if you got if you got an Ashley Sanchez and you got a Trinity Rodman, you, yeah. you got a chance. Which you is crazy because they're they so had, young, and, and, but it's true. Yeah, and and they had a, they had a chance in this game. And any word, I mean, so so clearly now there is running water. I think the idea that they can water the the turf. Could help make that field a little better. They is could, but any... they don't. Yeah, yeah. They don't. It's, it's... You know, why is there not? Why is there not? You know how they had? You said RFK. They would have the 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 four wheeler with the big giant tank of water and the little and the little uh, sprays and just drive back and forth over the field to wet it down. Why not do that? Yeah, they could do that. That's just a, that's a thing you can bring with you, but they don't do that either. So it's you know it's it's a very it's, you know. I don't want to say it's a second-class citizen situation over there at Seger, but it feels that way. When you have when you have sort of the basic needs not being addressed in that way for the field, that affects the gameplay. 
it's up it's upsetting. I want them to play all their games at Audi Field. I, I like driving out to Loudon. My car didn't like it because I was whipping around <laughs> corners like I was in the Autobahn and I got a check engine light. So my bad. But uh, I, they need to play. You know, I hope next season is 100% at Audi Field. I don't know what the agreement is for 2022, but man, I hope so. I think that's where they need to be for a bunch of different reasons. Yeah, I mean, the hope, the hope is that the new W League team coming sort of fills those dates in uh, in 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 Loudon, and and the Washington Spirit can move to Audi Field, or at least have more games at Audi Field. Um, I, I and, and and so you know, I don't know. It's it is it is what it is. The situation. Um, I think DC deserves um, certainly a little bit of the blame for not having things ready. They, they it's taken an incredibly uh, even with the pandemic. I feel like everything we, we should have we should have a training facility by now. I feel like there are teams that have stood up a training facility quicker. Than what DC and there isn't any issue like a DC building in the city. It's louded. There's nothing but like grass and dirt, and you just have to you know build. I, I don't know. I don't know all the details. I'm sure if someone came on the show, no, no, no. There's all these details and everything, um, but I feel like there's a lot of things, a lot of things going on with this team. Um, you know, spirits still play at the I think of the auxiliary RFK fields. I'm, I'm fairly certain. And Audi, they train at um, Audi. They're a waiting lot. for the DC training facility to be done. The, the D.C. training facility, it looks, from the outside, is done. It's all interior work now. So uh, there should be nothing stopping them. I think that the, the, you, you know that it's bad when I'm talking to spirit players and I'm like, hey, you're supposed to get it this summer or this fall. And they're all like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever whatever you say, man. Uh, we'll see when it actually happens. But, it, I mean, it should be soon. A lot of those players live out there. Most of them live out there. Um, it, yeah. Kim, Kim says, you know, dollar signs. Maybe so. I mean, I, when I look when I look at La, when I was looking at Segra Field uh, from from where the 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 no press box is, through no fault of any with this uh, Jordan, if you're listening, this is not a criticism of you. The fact that they did not build a press box anywhere in the facility is so strange to me. Whenever like my high school football stadium has a press box, you just stick a trailer on top of the top deck of the uh, the last row of the bleachers, and then you have a press box. It's not it's not crazy. Uh, but it just is so when I think like they were talking about like, oh, we built Segra. So, you know, we're very capital committed. And I was like, guys, <laughs> you, this could not have cost that much money. I couldn't afford to build it, but it should never be an excuse for what you couldn't spend elsewise. Uh, unless yeah. unless things I, that are, you know, secretly expensive that I don't, I don't that I don't know or expect. But it is a it you is know. a very minor league stadium. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I don't I don't doubt. I mean, unlike unlike. Um, what goes on at at uh, over at Audi Field and how it's pretty much what what it, it, it what it is is what it is right now and it's not going to get much bigger. There is a lot of room for for expansion um, at that stadium. So I think they it was very clear they were like let's get at least a little bit of this together. I think the pandemic delayed a lot of things that would happen with that stadium. You know, I do think the team has room there to grow and room and and you know it, it maybe it is about the money. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it, it will. It, this is something I think the the team and their their capital and how much money they have, uh, I think maybe is has led them to rethink some things. So we'll I think we'll, we'll see spending what any money at Segra is good money after bad. They're having a big problem drawing fans to Loud United games for very reasonable reasons. They don't win games. It's not really it's not it's not soccer that. I think I think that they, I'm not sure. Like you know, I don't know if the Loudon market was a thought that there would de- there's a big on tap market out here. They're obviously big in youth soccer, so the thought was maybe 
similarly you're gonna you're gonna fill the stands with with those with those folks but you know even before the pandemic you didn't see big crowds there and any yeah. money you spend there it's always going to be turf they're not going to change that over so like you can only make this so nice so i would not spend any any money more on it and just say spirit you guys can train here you're going to play all your games at Audi field in 2022 we're going to have uslw league here for the three months of the season that that lasts and loud united will continue basically as a DC United two reserve team where if any player does remotely well, we're going to steal that player <laughs> and we are not going to spend any money on free agents it, and that's okay. But like maybe, maybe that says USL championship is not, you know, in the long-term plans as the, as the reserve league comes up in 2022 or 23. What's the year for that? 20. I think it's next year. I think they're bringing okay. it. The, the W league team is supposed to be next year. I, I think there is, um, I think there is an interesting point you bring. I feel like Loudon United was the, uh, the the carrot to the uh, you know leadership to say hey we want to build this training facility and we'll bring a pro sports team here we'll we'll bring our one of our reserve you know teams down here and I think that was a way to sort of bring in um, to, to sort of bring in those fans and I think you know it's still far enough in the area um, you know and, and don't doubt that this if this team suddenly puts it together and they start playing good soccer maybe more people uh, decide they want to come out uh, but I I think the the uh, the Loudon Loudon United being there, naming the team Loudon United, not DC United too. I think was all part of the idea that hey, you know, we're, we're going to put a team out here. We're gonna we're gonna it's going to be Loudon, and, and I think that was part of the draw. And then also then you know hey, we're going to get the spirit. We got Old Glory Rugby out there. Um, so it, you know I, it is it, it is uh, you know again as I said before, it is what it is uh, right now, and I, I think. Uh, loud. If, if if Johnny Boulevard, you know, goes in here and starts lighting up for DC United, uh, then Loud United was absolutely worth it. <laughs> Let me just say that um, because that's its goal. I mean, its goal is to provide players for DC. Um, and we, we feel like uh, go, go read our website for reviews of Loud and United. Uh, I think John and I have sort of realized that we are stretched a little bit too thin as far as trying to cover all these things. Yes, uh, so but thank have, you for some... thank you for uh, our our guest writers who are. I think you know there are there's certainly a market of people that are very interested in how Loudon is mm-hmm. doing. It's small, but it is it exists. So uh, we want to make sure that we're covering that. Uh, we didn't have we actually talked about what Brennan Heinzike injury is yet. We didn't talk. about We just said the sort of that says that he's missing. Yeah, no, maybe we didn't talk a little bit about that. We we, we can get into that. Yeah, sure. it's brief. He has a he has a fractured hip socket. Uh, uh, the wall the wall of his pelvis, I guess, and his left hip is uh, is fractured. No surgery, but uh, the the expectation by Steve Goff and the team is that he'll be gone more than the six the six games, uh, several months most likely. Um, so Burnbaum is a, is a is a question mark in center back with his new ankle injury. Heinzike is out for the extended period. So you have now. Uh, you have Fred Briant, who had not played much, uh, uh, sort of after the beginning of the season. You have Tony O'Farrell and Andy Nahar, Andy and Nahar, that's and that's what you got. And there isn't really, you know, if you want, if you want to look at a position and, that's weak on and La- Loudon, you don't want to bring any of those center backs over here. You do not. You don't. That is not a. That is not a <laughs> fix. Uh, maybe uh, maybe the Shields. I no. mean, maybe out of necessity. Man, I don't think so. Yeah. Logan Pancho also got dumped from Latin United to go do something that's not soccer. Um, and that, I'm not just being mean. Like, literally, that's what the release says. He's doing non-soccer opportunities. So, yeah, I, that is not... The, the midfield is the place you'd want to steal some players from Latin United. Defense is not it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm you know, imagining maybe in the window you've we, got to make you that also, sign. I mean, you have Joe Samora who can maybe slide in there. 
Yeah, man, I just that doesn't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not feeling good about that. I'm not feeling good about that. Well, maybe. I, mean, I. I guess it's a question of like, how do you prioritize your limited amount of money and spending in a window? Like, do you address your overall long term needs, or do you worry about sort of fixing the holes in the boat made by uh, sort of the injuries? Maybe Burn Bomb bounces back in two weeks or a week, and we're good to go. And who cares? But I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling confident. Yeah. Well, Russell Canals also went down. Yeah, I see. Obviously, Donovan Pines. Um, we're talking. We're still a good, uh, a good, at least a good three, three, four weeks before Donovan Pines and Paul Ariola are returning, assuming uh, the U.S. doesn't get bounced from the um, uh, from the from the quarterfinal round of the Gold Cup. Um, they got a one nothing victory. Pines apparently looked a little bit shaky uh, from from reports. Early reports were good, and then he 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 started to look a little bit shaky. So. Um, we'll see. I, I, I think I, at that point, I'm just like, all right, Pines, come, come on back. Kim, <laughs> Please come Kim, back. Kim mentions Felipe and Canals. Like you said, Canals is injured. I'm thinking about Felipe at center back and, uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> I mean, maybe if you got to do what you got to do, right. I think, uh, yeah. I, I think that he is, uh, a lot of people criticizing his, his, his speed right now, sort of coming back from injury. Like that's, that's not coming back quite the way it was and it's causing some problems for him. So maybe center back helps you hide a little bit of those deficiencies. He certainly has the tenacity for it. He doesn't have the size necessarily for it, but neither does Andy. And he's making he's making we're obviously center back with Andy, but quote unquote. But uh, we'll you know we'll see. We got We got to figure out how to ways to to plug the boat. We're back to talking about injuries again, which I know Aaron loves. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to ask him about that at a press conference. Well, uh, but that's where we're at. at- at the very least, I don't think any of these injuries, at least most of the, most of not all of them, can't really be tied to him. You have a, a dude breaking his, you know, his hip bone is not anything that you sure. could really point. I mean, really point to as as you know, a uh, as caused by anything you're doing in training. Um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, Paul Riola picking up a knock. Not he's over there at um, he's over there in the U.S. team. Obviously, Paredes picking up an injury apparently with the U.S. men's national team training with them. Um, so I, I think you, you got to look at some of those and say, okay, well, you know, it's not this. This is not early season DC United bad. I don't think we're going to see three, four players in the roster um, on the on the bench. I think we're going to see uh, we're going to see the full complement, if not near the full complement. So not as bad, but still an issue. And I think the team's going to have to figure out and address it. Um, I think you know Canal's going down. Moses Nyman slides right in. Um, I think with um, Perez going down. Uh, you know, Reyna hasn't looked good, but he's still an option and he still is a pretty talented player. And then you got Edison Flores, hopefully, hopefully closer to coming back. Um, I hope this like holding him back has just been a, he's not quite there yet. We need to get him to a hundred percent. Um, and you know, you still got options with Roberta and, um, you know, maybe Kamara's back by, by Wednesday. So Roberta injured. Uh, this, we'll see if he's available. He this is not this this is not the two thousand the situation with DC where players were going down and you're like oh man there's just no one who who are you gonna throw in there um, at that point so I think I think this is definitely this is definitely a different team with a little bit with a little bit more depth um, and we'll being see what tested, happens in the transfer window so being definitely tested, this, this is this is I, the I, first I, time it's being really te- tested I think well that's not true <laughs> the, fr- the earlier <laughs> in the season was also that this is not well, quite as well, bad as that I think you would say that's basically I, what you're saying. I, well, I think I think this is a test because expectations are a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Early in the year, we were like, we, we have, who knows what this team's going to be like? I mean, we don't know anything about what this team is going to do. And then I think, um, um, and then I think with uh, with 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 
uh, with DC right now, there's now expectations a little bit raised. You're you're sitting, you know, in the playoff hunt. You know, I was, I, you know, at, at the time coming out of that Toronto game, I'm thinking, you know, we can push maybe for like a home playoff game if, if things go well. Right now, I'm like, I think we'll be either between fifth at best, uh, you know, seventh at seventh if, if we're talking playoffs. Uh, maybe maybe just missing out on that. I think I think my 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 hopes and expectations of this year have kind of dwindled a little bit, um, especially with the injuries, with the games coming up. Uh, but I think this is a critical week too for this team. So yeah, uh, and- crit- critical week all around. Yeah, you know, Kim brings up Yao maybe being an opportunity for him to to, to play. There are yeah, some, there absolutely. are still some young players that have an opportunity here to to really uh, to do well. Also, you know, I don't want to oscillate too wildly here. Like, uh, you know, we lost obviously after uh, a game that we would like to win, but I don't think we played necessarily poorly. The good thing is, like, it's the the style that they're playing is right. It's good. We like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the results aren't always there, and sometimes maybe and Hernan has talked about this multiple times. They could be a bit more sophisticated in what they're you know they're on on field game management in certain situations that's you know that's fine that i would that that says to me there's talent on the field they're in every game um if they go if they go two games without a point in these two weeks like maybe i think then you could be a little bit more a little bit dour but i think overall we're not we're not too down after this game we're just we're just down that they beat the crap out of the players so much that we're gonna have to (laughs) That Drew Skundrich might be starting after you know after a long layoff right away. I mean, I come I come back to this. I come back to this, and I say, Ernan had a say in maybe one or two players, if that. And Brendan Heinzike was one of them, and he's been phenomenal. Brendan Heinzike has been one of them. Roberto has been heart. been solid. Roberto has been the other one. Um, he's been solid. I think he's been better than I expected. So I think it's worth it's worth you know, it's worth to look at that and say you know he. This is the start of something. This is not the conclusion. If 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 we were year two or three in this, maybe we'd be a little bit more worried uh, about what's going on. But this is year one, and already you can see that Hernan has gotten more out of this team than a lot of people thought. Um, he's gotten people to buy in, and I think that's important. It, it's building a culture, and I think he has he has done that. Um, he is starting to do that in a lot of ways to sort of build that culture. So um, hopefully, hopefully that continues. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of way, a lot of ways to go. And, uh, and again, you know, when we have some options, we'll see what happens. All right, y'all. I think that's going to do it for the show. Um, we're going to have a lot of previews, game previews coming up for you. May have some other more surprises for you. We're going to, we're going to keep the content coming thick and heavy. Uh, so definitely, definitely, uh, check that out. We're probably going to just drop them as it comes out. Um, you know, we're not going to, maybe we'll drop it for the, for the Patreons. Patreons but get I'm it probably, early, no matter what, make sure that if, yeah. if you like getting the stuff right away, uh, that's really, you know, that's when we try to figure out what can what can make it worth your while. Other than you just wanting to support the show, which we appreciate, uh, particularly on the backs of a four episode week, we very much appreciate your your support. But that's the idea is that we can give it to you as soon as you want. Do you really want to have an episode basically every day of new RFK refugees content? Too bad you're going to probably get it anyway. And if you are a <laughs> Patreon subscriber, you'll get it even sooner. You'll have you'll have it almost the instant it comes off the assembly line. So I hope you like that. And also thank you for everyone joining us on Twitch and everywhere else that you're joining us. That is Twitch is our I will say our official unofficial uh, preferred platform for a number of reasons that we'll get into hopefully as soon as next week, maybe the week after. We're going to also looking at potentially trying to co-stream uh, an NWSL game. The Cooligans did that yesterday. I think it would be something really fun for us to do. Uh, particularly as it's an away game, and for I think there's a little bit of a run of away games, so uh, my family will see me on weekends. I will not be running out to Segura or Audi Field every <laughs> weekend, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, and that, I think that might be a fun opportunity for us to all watch the game together and have an opportunity to, you know, 
like make it a thing like what we would do in person. So if you're not, if you're listening to this episode on Tuesday, make sure that you're following us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash RFK refugees. Yep. And uh, anywhere you want to follow us, obviously listen to the show. By the way, I don't know if you're a Patreon subscriber. I do want to drop you get your own private RSS feed. So you get when the shows come out as soon as basically as soon as I'm editing them, they go right up on the on onto that onto that uh, onto that private RSS feed. So go to the go to the patreon.com. They've got some uh, uh, some directions on how to get that filled out. So definitely check that out. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. We will catch you guys uh, all the time. This just week. all the time. Vamos. Just we're just hanging out. Vamos. Yes. Hanging out. Vamos. Vamos. <laughs>